One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, and welcome to the Cookbook Circle podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Victoria. And we've set out to review the UK's most popular cookbooks, those that you probably have at home and haven't opened in a while. We take one cookbook each episode to cook from and to stress test, digging out their best recipes, bringing them to life again, and hopefully inspiring you to do so too. Hi, Hannah. Hello, Victoria. How are you doing this fine day? Uh, it's not a fine day. It's very grey. <laughs> it's very great i mean apart from that it's fine but yeah how are you how are you (laughs) i'm good also disappointed at the weather but the alternative in the rest of europe is you know 50 degrees and (laughs) bad bad times so yeah uh you know i don't know what i prefer anyway what (laughs) what do you have to tell me about this week (laughs) (laughs) it's been two weeks since my last confession Hey, or Mary Berries. <laughs> That's it, punish. Hi, Mary Berries. <laughs> That's pretty good fun. <laughs> I was going to talk about this great article that I saw on Thrillist called "Why Cookbook Stores Are the Antidote That We Need Right Now." But then I decided I wasn't going to talk to people about an article that they could read themselves. So we'll just share that one out. <laughs> Yeah. And you can all enjoy its lovely kind of escapism. But I was very excited to see that a book that both you and I have is coming out with a kind of a second version. Oh. And that's um, One Tin Bakes by Ed Kimber. Oh, yeah. Because you have this as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I do. Have you made anything from it? No. I can't remember. No. <laughs> no, because I, I always pick it up when I've got something, I want to make something, and I'm like, oh, and then I feel like things I want to make take too long, or yeah. there's an ingredient that I know I won't be able to get, and I just kind of, I just make the tartine brownies. That's what I do. <laughs> that's your one tin bake. That's my joy. one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have it, but I seem to have bought the, because this one tin that is the right size, right? That all the recipes work for. Yeah. And somehow, and I still can't figure out how, I bought the wrong size tin. And even though it's just a mystery, but anyway, so I need to get a better tin because I've made a couple of things from it and they were great. The the cheesecake squares that I made for like our picnic that we had last year. Yes. That was from that book. But all that to say that Ed Kimber, who previously, I think he won the first series of the Bake Off, he's coming out with an easy version of this now. So all of your problems of not having the time, not finding the ingredient will presumably disappear. No proving brioche dough for two days before (laughs) you cook the nice morning bombs that he's got in there that I'm desperate (laughs) to make. No, I don't think so. 70 bakes, vegan, gluten-free stuff in there as well. Nigella Lawson has said it's the sort of book that becomes a true friend in the kitchen. Oh. I feel like that's the dream, isn't it? To get the Nigella quote for the front cover. But yeah, it's out on the 14th of October. And I'm really excited about that because, you know, everyone needs a one tin bake. Yeah, they do. I guess that's going to go up against the one tin bake. What is it called? 
we always forget the name of oh, what the it's roasting called. tin. Are the roasting tin? Yeah, because she's bringing a sweets book out. Also, right. I guess in time for Christmas. So those two will go up against each other. It's actually really interesting if you are interested in which cookbooks are coming out. But Eat Your Books has an email that does like roundups of the books that are coming out each oh, nice. season. And I was looking at it earlier and there was loads, like really exciting ones for Christmas as well. This one by Anya Dunk coming out that's like all German Christmas bakes. Oh, fun. Which I think would be so good to have. They're very good um, at Christmas stuff, the Germans. Yeah, they are. I was about to do my German accent, but Please. we'll pull that one back. No, 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 no. Our 14 listeners in Germany would be very offended. <laughs> but yeah, there's lots of good stuff coming out, I guess, because yeah, as you say, it's the run up to Christmas now. But that one looks great and I'm very excited about it's it. fun. Ooh, we'll get yeah. that. You can get a new tin to celebrate. The actual right tin. <laughs> but fun. No, that's not the book we're talking about today. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I know, I said it. <laughs> I was still <Stop>. but... <laughs> We have another book to talk about in more depth today. I feel like we're quite excited. Are we excited? Are you excited? I'm very excited. Yeah. I am. Me too. Um, it's just exciting to have quite a niche book, I think, and not such a generalist yes. one that like feels like you could just make anything and obviously this I think kind of Middle Eastern like Eastern Mediterranean food is like my absolute favorite so I am very very excited it's great yeah so the book that we're talking about this episode is Jerusalem Jerusalem (laughs) you want to sing you want to sing the Jerusalem 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 (laughs) that's it you've nailed it (laughs) it's not as good as everything whatever <laughs> Sorry. um by Yotamotalengi, our old Ooh. friend and sammy tamimi who is his longtime partner in crime and <laughs> delis <laughs> partner in delis <laughs> so usually what we do as you know is talk about the chef a little bit on the pod when we do a book and this book has two chefs and one we've already talked about so we are not going to talk about the life and times of Yota Motelengi today unfortunately for Hannah she's doing a sad face <laughs> such a sad face but what I she's think- going to do instead is go and listen to episode two not instead she's going to stay here for this, <laughs> this episode <laughs> <laughs> this is a solo <laughs> epic solo bye <laughs> if it's not Yota Motelengi she's not interested <laughs> she's logging off and I am going to briefly tell you a little bit about Sammy Tamimi great name such a fun name to say strong name all parents should think about how fun a name is to say before they name their children (laughs) (laughs) sammy's parents are great shout out to sammy's parents so should i tell you just a little bit you can tell me as much as you want (laughs) there's not as much to say well there's not as much info out there because of course he's not as starry as his uh partner yotam but Mm. Very interesting. So he is a he. So that's that's key to know, oh. I guess, in the first okay. instance. Sammy is obviously a gender neutral name. Uh, yeah. could, could be either. So it's a, he's a male chef, Palestinian, who grew up in the old city in Jerusalem with an interim mm-hmm. Muslim family. He got into food. There's not, you know, there's there's not a, any like romantic story about anywhere that I could find about how he got into food. Basically, he, he started, started f- eating as a baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. was that <laughs> most that of was us. it. <laughs> weaned on <laughs> weaned on to some solids and then we just and haven't boom. stopped since we've been eating <laughs> still eating today um, <laughs> but in all seriousness so he started he started working as in as a as a porter in a hotel in uh jerusalem oh and so the story goes quickly moved up to being head chef Oh, that classic career path. <laughs> yeah. Portia to head chef. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he must have been really good at what he did. But yeah, again, there's no this there's no like back, you know, Marvel backstory <laughs> to his superhero dust. And so after he was chef in this hotel, he moved a few times and started working at a restaurant in Tel Aviv called Lilith. I hope that's how ah. you pronounce it. He was head chef there. I'm sure it was great. No real information about I guess it was kind of Middle Eastern 
food and then one day here's where the romantic story comes in one day an english customer comes in to lilith in tel aviv and basically offers sammy a job in london and says come and work for me and he says yes and so he moved to london in 1997 and took up the head chef role at baker and spice Oh, is that where he was? Okay, cool. I don't know where the original one is, but they now have branches in like Chelsea and Maida Vale and Belgravia, not places that I frequent. (laughs) No. (laughs) That whole side of the city that we never go near. Yeah. I'm sure it's like 15 quid for a sandwich, but thrilled for him. And it was here, this is what I didn't know, that he met our friend Yotam. So he was head chef and then Yotam... Ottolenghi visited there and then I, I read a few articles about how they met and, and whatever and Ottolenghi saying that like he walked into this place and I guess the food that Sammy had been cooking was really like reminiscent of home and felt very like magical and like not like anything he'd got before and I guess like right. in the late 90s in London and so he was like oh my gosh and then Yotam Ottolenghi started working there <laughs> So Sammy to me just has this magical, like magnetic power when he works in a kitchen that draws people to him yeah. to be like, let's do something together. Yeah. That's quite Come good. on in. So Sammy was in charge of savory and Yotam was in charge of pastry because as we know, he's a pastry chef by trade, like you, yeah. Sam. Yeah, by trade, by hobby. <laughs> <laughs> by occasionally baking once a month. <laughs> But so, yeah, that's how their partnership started and Mm. it's gone into a long, beautiful friendship. Sammy is now, or has been head chef of the Ottolenghi kind of empire of delis in London. And this book is the second book they've written together. So they wrote Ottolenghi and then this one. But I think he's been involved on lots of them. He's obviously not as kind of, like I said, like starry as Mm. Ottolenghi, but it's so reading about him is so interesting and he's so like passionate about Palestinian food and it sounds like such an interesting journey for him because he didn't he didn't realize I don't think until a bit later in life how connected he was to the food of his childhood so he moved out of his his family home he left his family home and was disconnected from his family for like almost 20 years because after he realized he was gay he didn't think that his family would accept that so he didn't speak to his his muslim family for a really really long time i think based on what i read that they're back in touch now but yeah so that i think he was maybe more focused on that but then yeah this kind of palestinian jerusalem food like really i guess evoked something in Mm -hmm. him like they didn't realize till later or whether it was that he was cooking that way and he didn't realize that it was it it was different or special yeah, yeah. yeah but it turns out that like we said he's kind of magical and so on Ottolenghi and Yotam, I read a Bon Appetit article that describes that watching them cooking together as like watching the Rolling Stones in concert. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Remember when I said that I saw Ottolenghi and I said that it was like seeing Mick Jagger. So there I feel go. really validated now. Thank bon Appetit. You, bon, Appetit. <laughs> bon Appetit, you know, they validated you. Yeah, and just the just how they riff off each other and, you know, mm. Sammy particularly seems like incredibly like creative and more kind of throw, you know, likes color a lot like, yeah. you know, Ottolenghi, but he sounds brilliant and I'd like to be his friend. Because um, <laughs> I guess that's the the savory sweet side of the kind of divide as well, isn't it? People always say that you can kind of riff a little bit more in savory. Yeah. But if you're, you know, in pastry or baking in general, you have to be a bit more precise. So that's probably a good balance between the two of them then. Yeah, exactly. And then he brought out another cookbook last year in 2020 with Tara Wigley, who was also, I think, part of the Ottolenghi gang. Empire. Uh, yeah. And that is called Palestine. And that is a, yeah. it's all about Palestinian food. And I have never, I've seen it. It's an absolutely beautiful book, like lime green cover, but I've never opened it or had a look at it. But I'm sure based on this book, I'm sure yes. it's absolutely incredible. Yeah, I'd love that. Yeah, so there's not that much about Sammy Tamimi as there is about Yotam, but I thought it's very, very interesting. But this book, I thought we could talk about just because it's, well, it's a beautiful book. I I love to get it. I said that on the last episode, but, you know, I feel like in the context of 
we've done a lot of kind of French cooking and we've we'd had like the joy of cooking, which was yeah, yeah quite general. Yeah. Gen- like general all encompassing. So it's nice to kind of explore one area and yeah. kind of specialized book, I guess. Going deep. Yeah. It was uh I loved it. <laughs> so the book came out in twenty twelve. And it shot to the top of the bestseller list, both in the UK and the USA. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I guess it was based off of Yota Motolenghi's like previous hits. Right? Totally. Yeah, yeah. It was going to be a hit. His back catalogue. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's so beautiful. And I thought, and I don't know if you felt this, like it was very, it's like a, feels like a very emotional book. Like they've, re- both of them have really kind of poured their heart and soul into it. Yeah, because there's that whole kind of history mm. pretext bit at the start, right? Because obviously it's difficult to talk about Jerusalem and just talk about the food because it's so wrapped up in the whole city's history and culture and current state as well. And yeah. uh, they acknowledge that with kind of they've got a bit on ownership. They've got a bit yeah. on the kind of recipes themselves and how it's hard to kind of attribute them to any certain kind of people that that everything is a mix there and then they've got like a whole history bit on um like israel and palestine as well yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, history bit is a lot of that i didn't know it's like the the whole history of like jerusalem from you know millennia ago millennia i don't know how far it goes back but it's it's pretty far (laughs) and you have like you said you have to acknowledge it and i'm i'm happy that they did because it would have been weird if they didn't absolutely Um, we're not going to put our two pence into that the situation (laughs) we're not qualified to do that but no we um, are not (laughs) there's a lot more what i i liked what what i learned i guess from that first bit the introduction and the ownership bit is that there's so much so many more cultures than i thought yes in jerusalem and i guess in israel and palestine as is like the you know you know about the Arabs and the Jews and the Christians, but then there's just, you know, just so many different food cultures. And I was like kind of blown away by it. Yeah, absolutely. And they kind of acknowledge in that recipes bit that they haven't like this one particular area, Ashkenazi food that they haven't really touched on because they just don't know enough about it. But I like, I did like that they called that out rather than just saying or trying to do something that they weren't familiar with. I thought it was interesting as well because they talk about how they grew up. They didn't know each other in Jerusalem, Mm. right? But they grew up on different sides of the city. Yotam was in the Jewish part and then Sami Tamimi was in the Muslim part. So it's quite interesting to have that balance. And they must have been exposed to different things and had different kind of influences growing up as well. Yeah. And you get that throughout the book. There's always a nice little, for all the recipes, there's a nice little intro, right? And the, yeah. and so you can, it's always in the third person. So it'll be like Sammy's mom made this when they would go on picnics or Yotam's dad, who was Italian. So you get yes. that. He, he talks about that a lot and how that influenced stuff. And it, yeah. And that, I guess that just goes to show how much of like a, I don't like the word melting pot, but you know, like. No. fusion because they even say don't they like it's not that kind of melting pot everyone's not hanging out together and sharing food like everybody's in their own separate kind of group eating their own separate food and there is some crossovers but food doesn't bring people together in the same way (laughs) in jerusalem as you would maybe hope like let's not romanticize it here i guess yeah Yeah, exactly they have funny bits as well on like hummus wars yeah. about kind of the different views on hummus and there's one section that's like baba ganoush question mark <laughs> yeah they, they talk about kind of baba ganoush and yeah the, the kind of different ways of approaching that and then the next recipe is just called like burnt aubergine and something <laughs> they're not even going to call that dish baba ganoush and they say that they kind of do somewhat adapt the recipes for here because of ingredients that we might be able to get a little bit more easily or I don't know I guess European or American taste I guess yeah. as well I feel like actually that whole first section is just like a whole bunch of caveats <laughs> like <laughs> yeah like don't come for us yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> stay away we've called it out okay leave us alone yeah also just to say it's a really pretty book i love the picture so there's pictures of food obviously because it's an otolenghi book but there's lots of pictures of the city of jerusalem and the people of jerusalem and people eating and cooking and i just think it's really really lovely so atmospheric there's loads of just like street kind of photos of 
kind of older men playing mm. like games on the street or like markets and yeah, stuff like kitchens that. kitchens and... Oh, it's just lovely. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sitting here like stroking like, that. Uh, <laughs> have you been to Jerusalem, not Israel, been. anywhere? No, I haven't. I would really like to go. The closest I've got has been like Jordan and the UAE. But mm. Jordan was amazing, but obviously you can't compare... I would really, really like to go and tell yeah, me too. Well. Yeah, me too. I think it'd be great. Should what we cooked? Let's talk about what we cooked. Uh, Hannah, what did you cook? <laughs> How many things did you cook? I've been well. <laughs> I had a couple of things made and then Vic kept talking about this feast that she was making. No, hey, don't out me. No, I'm only joking. I actually only made a few things. How many things? I made, technically I made three things. Okay. But the the second two were quite small. And then there was like a sauce that you had to make for Mm. one of the things. So that was like a fourth thing if you will such but, a good two-shoes <laughs> shut up I know that you've made more we'll soon find out so the, the first thing that I had to make that sauce for the kind of first main recipe was zoog oh zoog zoog which I feel like is such a buzz yes uh, ingredient at the moment or buzz like sauce and I actually didn't really fully know what it was I'd had it on different things but it's always just kind of like an you know accent or Mm. kind of like an additional flavor it's basically quite a green sauce you just blitz everything up it's coriander parsley two hot green chilies which they make themselves known um (laughs) some ground cumin cardamom cloves caster sugar salt a garlic clove crushed of course i had a mini rant about this to vic but Every Ottolenghi recipe I use, and that is a lot, if anyone knows me, they always have a crushed garlic clove, which, I mean, I know what a crushed garlic clove is, and that's fine, but they don't always seem to make sense because sometimes it seems like it should be like finely, I don't know, minced or something, and it's not. And I think I, you know, if I reach back to the far dusty corners of my memory, I think that I've seen him talk about this somewhere, but I couldn't find it about how he loves crushed garlic cloves, but boy, does he. Um, anyway, so crushed garlic clove, olive oil and some water, and you just blitz everything up into this kind of green sauce. It's quite thin. It's not like super chunky or anything. And yeah, it, it's just like a condiment, I guess. They use it as a dressing and different things. But originally done, it was with, done with grinding stones. So not in like a ninja bullet like I use. <laughs> and it's great. It's very spicy. So you can't use that much of it. But it was quite an important flavor in this in the thing that I was making it for, which was sabi. Or I think oh, yeah, I've yeah. known as sabich. I always knew it as sabich before mm. and I looked it up and it, it can be called either, which is like basically just a, a lovely pit of bread with fried aubergine and hard-boiled egg and tahini which I'm obsessed with <laughs> and when I saw that recipe in here I was just like oh my god I, I saw it and thought of you did you yeah I was like I bet how do I make that and I know <sighs> I know that you love it I do love it because I've had it in um the good egg here in London mm. and it was just really good I think the bread is really important like loads of times pitches that we buy in the supermarket are not that great they're just oh, they're quite thin shit. and dry <laughs> <laughs> thin and dry or dog shit yeah <laughs> like a dog shit <laughs> and not big enough they're not the pouches aren't yeah. wide enough to stuff oh, in my brief time as a chef like my first job was to make at like six in the morning loads of pita breads in this mm. middle eastern restaurant in central london and it was i was terrible at it because you had to just like do them in a very hot bread oven and it was all like just a matter of time of not yeah. burning them. And you were just like shoveling in and out batches. And it was all just timing of shaping them, like shape, like the whole counter would be covered in like tons of pitta balls. <laughs> and it was just like, oh God, I, like I, I'm sure one day I'll get back to making pitta, but that has etched itself on my memory. So I bought the pitta breads for this one, actually just in a supermarket. And it was I can't remember the brand. I should remember the brand, but I'll put it up on Instagram. And they were just like really, really fluffy oh, and nice. soft. So, so excited to get them. 
what you do is you just kind of peel away some of the skin of the aubergine so it creates like a kind of a zebra effect which mm. Artelingi loves to do and I think it's because obviously that the skin of an aubergine isn't that nice to eat when it's roasted but you still have some texture there if some of it's there and then you just sprinkle them with salt on both sides and you kind of leave them to uh for the water to come out for about half an hour and then you start frying that in batches mm -hmm. and then you make like a chopped salad a chopped salad with chopped salad. Um, tomatoes cucumbers spring onions parsley lemon juice olive oil which i feel like this chopped salad kind of appears in different ways it's always it's that's a mainstay of yeah kind of, they mention it i think in the in the in that introduction bit we've just talked about for ages but yeah it's no matter where what group you belong to in in jerusalem you have yeah. a chopped salad that is cucumber tomato probably yeah. parsley and lemon <laughs> yeah exactly but it's, it's important here because it kind of provides a really nice like freshness and then you make you make like a tahini sauce which is kind of just like tahini and lemon juice and some water to kind of thin it out and you hard boil some eggs and just kind of quarter them up and he says to get or they say to get um amber or a savory mango pickle Ooh. which I went to a couple of kind of specialist supermarkets and I couldn't find but I got like a spicy mango chutney which was oh nice delicious and then you just like pile it all into a pitta just that aubergine the egg the tahini sauce which just is amazing that's it you're meant to just have the chopped salad on the side mm. and then just kind of spoon it in nice and as you're with kind of each bite and honestly it was just so great I just love Sounds it great. so much it's just <laughs> so good <laughs> and I was like really like reminiscing about this <laughs> pizza right now and she's got her hands over her eyes like I guess so she's imagining it <laughs> really early in the morning we're recording <laughs> I'm like, like, I want it now <laughs> honestly it's great and it's not that labor intensive I just made it kind of one lunchtime and like you would never I would never think aubergine and egg and tahini yeah you know well, yeah, go obviously, together. obviously they're onto something but I mean I had never thought of it as a combination before but it just works so well and if you fry I think frying your aubergines right is is a big yeah. thing there as well because you don't want any kind of like undercooked or like ugh, aubergines just have to be fried with loads of fat <laughs> let's yeah. just accept it That's, I'm convinced that people that don't like aubergines have only kind of ever eaten them undercooked and just yeah. like a bit or just like like stewed within an inch of their life and it's just like soggy and like yeah, yeah slimy like that sounds great I feel um, like we've we've opened the floodgates to sandwiches on the pod oh no <laughs> You beat me. I was going to oh, make no, that sorry. joke and be like, <laughs> you're going to be like, yeah, I followed Vic's so we'll just do sandwiches. But I mean, you we know, love sandwiches. there's nothing wrong with sandwiches. And if something isn't a sandwich, I'm probably going to pile it on bread and make it like an open <laughs> yeah. sandwich anyway. <laughs> oh, honestly, this was great. I really hope that we can find the recipe online and put it on the website because I think this has to be one of my favorite things that I've made Ooh. in the podcast, I think. So yeah, that was great. And then And so the Zoog goes on that. Sorry, the yeah. Zoog goes on there as well, which is so you've got like the kind of creaminess of the tahini, the like freshness of the salad, the spiciness of the Zoog, and then this kind of sweet, spicy mango pickle thing going no. on as well. So there's just loads of contrast of flavour and it's just bloody great. Yeah, so the second thing, the kind of other things that I made were just quite small, just kind of little veggie dishes, which I think are meant to be kind of made and served as part of a mm. meze. But the other thing was fried cauliflower with tahini again. Nice. <laughs> and that is quite simple. Again, you, it's fairly similar in that you have to make a kind of another tahini sauce with tahini, garlic, crushed. Crushed um, garlic. <laughs> chopped herbs, yogurt, lemon juice, zest, pomegranate molasses, and some salt and pepper. And then you just fry up cauliflower in sunflower oil. And you fry, after you've kind of done frying the cauliflower in batches, then you fry some spring onions as well. Mm. And you just let them cool a little bit. And then you stir them through the tahini sauce and you just serve it like that with some lemon juice, a little bit more lemon juice, and then finish with a little bit of mint and pomegranate molasses. And it was, yeah, really delicious. Yeah, it sounds great. I mean, one of my like lazy weeknight meals is always just like roasting cauliflower and just like pour some tahini over it. So <laughs> yeah. I feel like it was like that, like next level. 
and it was yeah really really good hard to get a decent photo of that one I'm gonna warn everyone again just kind of a little bowl of beige mush but yeah but delicious bloody delicious the last thing that I made was just fried tomatoes with garlic oh crushed garlic okay (laughs) (laughs) oh my god was it crushed garlic yes it was three (laughs) three large garlic cloves crushed thank you and this is just because the tomatoes are so lovely right now. And yes. I'm obsessed. You know, just ripe tomatoes are a great thing. We say, you know, that's our episode <laughs> mention of ripe tomatoes, which we like to bring up all the time. And this one is really super simple as well. You just mix garlic and crushed chili and <laughs> chopped parsley in a bowl and you kind of set that aside. And then you slice the tomatoes quite thickly, heat some olive oil in a pan and then just put the tomato slices in, season them, fry them for like a minute or so, then turn them over, season them again. And then you pour over that mixture of the herbs and the chili and the garlic. And then you just cook them like really quickly until they get kind of color and, but not mushy, they say. Soft, mm. but not mushy. That name of the <laughs> so week. Bad name of the week. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and then you just serve them straight away and you kind of pour the lovely juices from the pan over and oh, nice. it's just super 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 simple but really quick and really delicious I feel like if you serve you know that and the cauliflower and a couple of other bits up if you were entertaining that would just be my absolute yeah. dream meal my mouth is like watering you're talking about that so I was also thinking you could also add some zoog to those tomatoes and I bet oh, yeah. it'd be so good I'd be putting zoog on everything now because you make too much for the recipe <laughs> yeah. right so it's just sitting there in the fridge and I just yeah random things just my cereal you know <laughs> but yeah just lots of little Sounds dishes so good yeah I, I did find that I mean we have acknowledged previously that Ottolenghi recipes can be known as a little bit kind of mm. full-on and labor-intensive and loads of ingredients and stuff like that but obviously with Sammy Tamimi's influence there's a lot of <laughs> simple ones in here as well like you know you can just make for a supper a couple of things and I loved it they were all great. Great. I think we talked about this when we did Ottolenghi previously, but this came out in 2012. And I wonder mm. if the ingredients have just become more common. Like I was thinking yeah. about it and thinking, I mean, we'll talk about what I cooked and I didn't really have any trouble getting anything apart from one thing. And I just wonder if that is, again, their influence on our cooking that we can get. Zatar yeah. And, you know, all the spices that we've mentioned yeah and, like you only struggled with mango pickle yeah I really think so I really think it is their influence because there was something you said at the beginning about Sammy coming to London and like they're not being you know I guess maybe that's why he was approached by that British restaurateur yeah. or, or whatever as well in Israel was because there was a big gap in the market probably for that kind of food here at a certain level and I think they've made it quite mainstream now yeah now everyone's doing it yeah. Oh, it's yes. so good. It's, it's so good. Death row meal for sure. We just <laughs> like loads of this kind of food. It's amazing. But anyway, enough of my fangirling. What did <laughs> you make? I'm fangirling today as well. Like, I, again, I don't know if it's the context or just this book is great. I think also what's interesting and what's good to know about this book is that it's there's meat in it and fish, whereas that's yes. not a common thing with Ottolenghi's books generally. But there's a whole meat section, there's a whole fish section. There is a massive vegetable section as well. And obviously you managed to make lots of yeah. veggie and vegan stuff. And me too, actually. I thought that was interesting. I didn't expect it when I got it, but I guess that's what Jerusalem is like. There's a lot of like meat and rice. Anyway, what did I cook? I only I cook four things, but like so it's not like loads. But I'm gonna like you know rush through because you know so like like some are a bit smaller, or simpler, and I don't yeah. need to talk about them. So the reason so, it's not this. like that's why we're here. Yeah, exactly. Just bye. <laughs> <laughs> so I had some people coming over for lunch when I was cooking last week, and it well it was my in-laws and my husband's nan and they were popping in for lunch and so I took the opportunity because 
I was like, I need to cook some stuff. I'm going to cook this. I think cool. I think they'll like it. Cool. Um, Full of brownie points here. Yeah, Just exactly. With the in-laws. <laughs> it's like getting up at 5am cooking. Um, <laughs> so I cooked this, did a bit of a, did a bit of a spread for them. This is what's good about this book. You can just kind of pick things out and make it and serve it as it is. I don't know if any of this stuff kind of went together, but it worked. A bit like Moro that way. Yes. Moro, you could, there were just so many things you could pick and choose to kind of serve together. Yeah. So the first thing I cooked was the, didn't really cook it, the butternut squash and tahini spread. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah. It was great. You roast a butternut squash, you add tahini, yogurt, and garlic, crushed garlic. (laughs) A lot of similar ingredients here. (laughs) Yeah. You serve it with sesame and coriander, and then you're supposed to drizzle it with a date syrup, but I couldn't find any of that. So, uh, but he said in the book, you can use, I think, maple syrup or or something like that. But I put hot honey on it uh, because I was like, that's going to go down a treat. Um, I thought that was your nickname for me. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> thought that was just between us, but. <laughs> oh, this is no. awkward. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Hot honey sounds great, though. Yeah, it is. I've got this, what do you call it, tub, bottle, bottle <laughs> of squeezy honey from a company, this like Welsh company who like pivoted during the, during lockdown to make hot honey they're called bee and bonnet and they're welsh and it's great for things like pizzas and all. anyway yes yeah, so i just some of that on top not too spicy they do an extra hot one which i won't be going anywhere near um <laughs> but yeah i think what let it down was my butternut squash wasn't very good it was a bit tasteless oh, i don't know no. if it's a bit old or is what you know it's not quite the right time of year you can get butternut squash all year round now yeah. but you know sometimes when the butternut squash hits, it's like, that's so sweet and you roast it and that the taste is incredible. Didn't quite get that. So I feel like I missed out. Nobody likes an old squash. Yeah. (laughs) Old squash. That's what they called me in school. (laughs) (laughs) But I would absolutely make it again. It looks very cool and impressive. Yeah. Um, Beautiful. And who doesn't like a kind of hummus adjacent like dip? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That you don't have to like... (laughs) You'd have to like cook the chickpeas and, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you could just go buy some hummus. Totally. Uh, so wow. that was great. We'll definitely make it again. The next thing I made was the, I might butcher this pronunciation, so I'm so sorry. The mujadara, which is like a rice dish. Oh, yes. It's spelled M-E-J-A-D-R-A. Okay. It's like a rice dish that the story is about how Sammy's family would take it on picnics with them and his dad would have a watermelon for dessert and cool it off in the in the stream and I was like this is like what an idyllic idyllic. life I didn't call an aubergine in a stream you you weren't doing that in Birmingham when you were a child (laughs) cooling watermelons off in the stream (laughs) in the in the stream not a lot of streams I'll be honest (laughs) unless you're talking about you know yeah, I know. <laughs> Bad things. So this is great. I really like this. It's like a rice and lentil dish with yeah. shitloads of fried onions oh, uh, in yes. it with like a really deep spiced flavor to it. Like, yeah. it's great. A little bit labor intensive. So you right. have to, I think it's about, <laughs> it's about a kilogram of onions. You have to kind of fry Gosh. in a couple of centimeters of oil. So you kind of, you chop them you flour them a little bit yeah. and then you've got to like batch cook. Um, it's about four onions, big onions. Right. Uh, it's a lot. I mean, it's worth it because that shit's delicious. But um, yeah. so you do all that, you leave them to kind of cool off. And then washing that, you also cook some green lentils in water. So they're cooked through. Then when you've done with your onions, you kind of toast off in the same pan, some cumin and coriander. Right. Seeds. Seed. Yeah. yeah toast them off and then you kind of add some basmati rice olive oil turmeric allspice cinnamon and sugar Mm. you add in the lentils some hot water no just hot water just water you add in some water put the hit put the hood put the lid on (laughs) and let that simmer away for like 15 minutes okay and then you have to be like the quickest little superhero where after 15 minutes you have to 
take it off the heat, take the lid off, put a tea towel on, put the lid back on so you don't lose all the steam. Right. And you like leave it to steam for like 10 minutes so it finishes off cooking. And then you stir through like half of the onions and then top it with the rest of the onions. Oh, great. It's great. It's really good. It's like comfort food levels of good. Yes. It reminds me of like like the palau that like my in-laws and my husband's family all make and it's just like so good yeah there's like deep rich kind of spices it was great Uh, a bit cooler even because I cooked it earlier in the day but the frying onions bit is a bit of a ball ache but they do make it like yeah they they give you that like oily onion I wonder if there's any like freelance onion fryers (laughs) (laughs) can you air fry onions (laughs) I don't have an air fryer. I don't know why I said that. I'd like to try one. Or just someone to come and chop onions. Yeah. You know, that would be nice. Yeah, when you need slices, because then, you know, you can't use your mini chopper <laughs> to, to help. Much you need slices. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm like, what can I use this for? It got a lot of use, let me tell you, this week. <laughs> that sounds yeah, great, though. Absolutely, make it again. I did have some yogurt, but you. It, they say to serve it with some yogurt, I guess, to like, because it's not spicy at all, but it's like yeah. obviously quite heavily yeah. spiced. Yeah. Yogurt and I guess whatever you want. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> the next thing I made was the fish and caper kebabs. Ooh. Yeah. Fun. I know. A little bit of a, I don't know. I haven't done I've done fish before, apart from yeah. the salmon cones for, uh, um, yeah. Anyway. This, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So what I thought was, there was a lot of like really good like meatball stuff in here, like a lot of yeah. different types of meatballs and fish balls um, <laughs> in both of the sections. And I was I was drawn to a lot of it and I was really cute. But like I said, I have people over and my husband's nan is pescatarian. So I was okay. like, okay. And also there's a metric shit ton of dill in this recipe. Ugh. And I was like... I want to make dill. I want to go buy a big bunch of dill and have my whole house smell like dill and really happy about it. So I was excited. So I went for these. These are so simple and easy and fun. Mm. And again, the ninja, the ninja, the mini chopper was great because you just chop everything up. And I chopped the fish in it in the end. Because it's white fish, any white fish. I use cod, I think. Chopped it up into slices and then just kind of minced it in the chopper because I was like, I'm not going to sit here and like, finely mince nah i haven't got nah. the time for that so did this and then the rest of the ingredients all just go in at once and i but i kind of chopped everything up so it's fish capers dill breadcrumbs lemon cumin turmeric and just uh salt and pepper brought together with an egg nice so it's just like yeah. a classic fish fishy meatball thing interesting i thought he he writes that capers aren't used in a lot of food in in Jerusalem, even yeah. though they they grow re- like all over the city. Oh, wow. um, but they're not really used. So I thought that was interesting. That is. Um, What's wrong with the caper? Jerusalem. Yeah, I love a caper. <laughs> let me tell you, they're an acquired taste. Yeah, I've I've grown to love them. I didn't love them when I was younger. I don't think they're quite bitter little things. Yeah, <laughs> like anchovies, I guess. Just like yeah. little salty balls. Yeah. Um, <laughs> moving on (laughs) no bad Um, names to see here (laughs) so yeah you've got like a mix then you make those into balls or fingers so that's that's a quote uh (laughs) i made them into balls very dill heavy and then you kind of just fry them off in a in a little bit of oil the fish i had was maybe too watery so the frying wasn't as good as i had hoped but i kind of wanted to keep them warm anyway so i put them in the oven covered with some foil to make sure they were cooked through uh as well so i did fry them but they kind of yeah but they were great also great again i'm not sure if all this stuff goes together but they were just stuff that i was interested in that recipe fish and caper kebabs comes with there's also like a yeah burnt aubergine like pickle or something mm-hmm. i didn't make that and he says to serve with like preserve lemons which i didn't do but yeah i really enjoyed that again the deal but my father-in-law who i said i would give a shout out to does like famously doesn't like fish ah. and tried one and enjoyed it so ah. i was very pleased with myself <laughs> oh the ultimate compliment when you convert yeah. someone <laughs> they're not fishy at all like no they they just taste like a pickle because it's just so dilly which is great (laughs) Uh, yeah because the real dill (laughs) sorry yeah that was 
Terrible. And quickly, my final thing, and the thing I was most excited about making, which Ooh. Hannah has heard my uh, <laughs> texting Hannah this whole like last week or so, being like, "I've got it. I haven't got it. I can do it. I can't do it." I made brick, which is yeah. literally called brick. Didn't make it bricks. Is. I'm not building a house. <laughs> so it's like a pastry. Yeah made with a pastry called brick pastry which i had a bit of a challenge to find <laughs> but i've never eaten one before in in like the world but i've seen them time and time again and i know that i would love them you know and yes. you just you know you know you're gonna like something yeah. but it's not something that you get around here and i imagine you can walk through jerusalem and just pick them up and they're absolutely incredible so brick pastry is like very thin phyllo-esque pastry yeah or s- he says if you can't find the brick pastry doesn't he to use maybe spring roll wrappers or something yeah spring roll wrappers which i think is that's better than phyllo so yeah it's like it's like laced <laughs> brick pastry what i found out uh, um so there's that's kind of holes in it yeah loved it but i thought i could find it but then i couldn't but shout out to my like local food and drink facebook group who i asked where i might find it around here and they said and then i went to a shop that had it piled high for Whoa. one pound a pack and i was That's like so yes thanks to those guys That's um so i was just so happy to find it so so making them is all about like timing because this pastry is so thin and kind of delicate that it dries out really quickly once you get it out of the pack yeah i think you can include anything in them i think they're originally tunisian but i think there's also in a lot of like middle eastern cultures they have this and they mm-hmm. they use brick pastry to make similar things but i think the the connecting theme is they all have an egg in them yes so the recipe in this book is uh really simple so it's just chopped leaf parsley no (laughs) chopped flat leaf parsley (laughs) spring onions and then an egg spring onions appear a lot in this book yeah yeah they do i don't know if i've noticed that with otolenghi's books before that there's a lot of spring onion it doesn't seem yeah but i don't know I guess it's that chopped salad kind of element of like yeah. freshness or something and probably maybe easy to come by. I don't know. Yeah. So that is literally all it is. And I was a bit skeptical. Like that sounds a bit weird. Like it's just herbs, an onion and an egg. Uh, but Did you just crack a raw egg in there. Yeah. Is that yeah, what yeah, you yeah, do? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You try not to break the yolk. Yeah. So you the way you assemble it. So you have some oil that's like hot, not like yeah. really, really hot, not searing hot, but uh, hot. A couple of centimeters of that. And then you get like a shallow bowl, which I guess is easier to assemble them. You lay out the pastry and then yeah. you put your parsley, your spring onion, and then you, you make a well and crack the egg and you try not to break the yolk because you're supposed to try and get a runny yolk. Yeah. And then you kind of fold it up like a parcel. And I was reading yeah. about them in, in other places and you can fold the pastry, you know, a bit like a samosa or a, some, yeah. some like a, more like a roll. But these ones is more like a parcel. And then you pop it in the oil like egg side down for a couple of like about 60 seconds each side right until it like goes all crispy and lovely and you take them out and you eat them hot i didn't manage to get the runny egg for that but that's okay i'll forgive myself it's next time next time i feel like it's a it's an art i actually ate these for breakfast like when i was cooking all this stuff yes (laughs) they were so good he's right like the the flavors taste way more complex than you think because you've got like the crispy pastry that is like it tastes kind of like a phyllo pastry and then the parsley is all fresh and lovely and spring onion is great and an egg is great and i'm yeah. here for it i really wanted to make them i had them when i was a kid we, my mom and i went on holiday to tunisia and that was part of oh. the like breakfast wherever we were staying was those they, oh, they would make them like fresh to order yeah I love them I thought they were great but if I remember rightly the egg was quite runny in a lot yeah. of them which isn't always to everyone's taste so maybe you know it wasn't a bad thing that yours was a little bit more cooked but oh I just yeah eggs in any form that'd be great <laughs> yeah so I mean Delia get along <laughs> yeah yeah love them also put one I had some leftover butternut squash from when I made that spread and I put butternut squash and an egg and some parsley in one as well and I Ooh, thought try that out nice. that was great just for that extra little bit of texture so Yum. fun would totally make them again if I was like having a lazy morning and have people over and I wanted to like be impressive which doesn't happen a lot <laughs> I <laughs> want to be impressive <laughs> how can I be impressive make this but yeah but I was super I was super excited about it and I was happy, happy that I got to make them and I found the pastry so yeah that was me lots of different Amazing. bits and pieces 
Was there anything else that caught your eye that you felt like making? Oh my god, so much, so much stuff, so much stuff, so right? much stuff. Yeah, I, I like I I always go through and like label them of the things I want to make. I run out of labels. Like, can you see yeah. how many I've got? Like, I'm showing her the book. I wanted she's to make shakshuka. She's got loads of like those mini little like yeah. post-it label things sticking out of the side of the book, which is I'm why so you're a far cool. more organized person than me. <laughs> Mine is just like oil splattered with like dog-eared pages. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to make the shakshuka because yes. it's, it feels like a classic. It feels like it started a thing, you know? Yeah. But I didn't, wouldn't have had the time, wouldn't have fitted in with my my life style. <laughs> Uh, and what about the whole like the whole baking section as well I thought yes great and there was so much I wanted to make in there there's loads of cheese pastries yeah oh god there was this one called mutabak I think and it was like goat's cheese in phyllo pastry and then you you pour over this like sweet syrup my god my mouth is actually watering talking about it (laughs) because I just think that sounds so great and there was like barrecas which are little cheese yeah parcels as well um there was like a herb pie with something like green like loads of greens yeah. i don't know if it's chard or spinach or something and cheese oh i nearly made the red pepper and baked egg galettes which were just um Ooh. like a puff pastry yeah they look great a, a pepper and onion mixed with an egg in the middle they looked lovely and not very labor intensive actually at all there was just so much so much good stuff so much stuff yeah there's like a lamb shawarma recipe that looked incredible like you cook uh, a whole lamb leg in like uh, a i guess like shawarma spices yeah all of it like yeah. i said also the meatball section was great i'd definitely be coming back to this book i yes, think 100 um, again when i want to be impressive does does this mean that you are an otolengi convert victoria no, i think i'm a sammy tamimi convert <laughs> I'm team to Mimi. <laughs> no, no, that's not true. Like, yeah, maybe it does. I feel like let's put this in the context of all the books we've done recently. This is a lot different. Yeah, and so yeah. it was really exciting that I felt like I got to use like vegetables and things that all weren't beige and not a bit of butter inside here. Babe. No, olive not oil all the way. Even a single little bit. rate let's rate before we rate i'll remind you of our rating system got five categories and they are why categories five categories this blatant (laughs) racism here can't can't say a fucking thing (laughs) no just like you sounded like an auctioneer five categories starting at Ten thousand euros. <laughs> so the first Sorry. one is usability and accessibility. That's one. The recipe is easy to read, easy to follow. The second is ingredients. Are they easy to find? Things you'd have to hand. Third is aesthetics. Fourth is veggie friendliness, and five is inspirability. And each episode, we change what we're rating out of based on the chefs or the books or something that's kind of stood out to us. <laughs> like for Delia, as I just mentioned, we rated her out of eggs since like a third of her book is based on eggs or all about eggs. All about eggs. Um, do you think she has that tattooed on her somewhere? Um, <laughs> no, she has uh, Let's Be Avenue tattooed on her somewhere. <laughs> and for someone Jamie else. Jamie Oliver. We did pictures of Jamie Oliver because there's an awful lot of them in that <laughs> book. Loads. So for uh, Yo Cham and Sammy, we are going to rate them out of something i've had a mini rant about in this episode which is crushed garlic crushed garlic because they are in many recipes and actually just outside of this book it's something yeah that i've noticed across a lot of ashlingi's recipes and i'm still a bit confused about if they should always be crushed or if they should sometimes be minced but so maybe you can answer that one for us yo tam yeah Um, sammy sammy sorry but yeah I'm blaming, yeah. Um, so, yeah. how many crushed garlic cloves are you giving this out of five? Okay. I think it's going to be a good one for me today. Oh. So, uh, I, well, I can't be positive for the whole episode. Then be like, it's a two-stash. I hate Otolengi. I don't hate Otolengi at all. So, usability and accessibility. I'm going to say yes, because yeah. I didn't have any trouble 
making anything like I feel like there was no techniques that I couldn't do which no is good. yeah exactly and it felt like yeah I was able to do a lot of the recipes that I wanted to do ingredients used I'm gonna give half a point okay because there was still some you know the brick pastry wasn't easy to come by but I could have substituted it there was you know the date syrup I couldn't find you know there's a couple of things that aren't quite we aren't quite full otolenguid yet so yeah and there was a few recipes that I kind of skipped over because I was like I'm never going to be able to find whatever that is like some spice blend so it, it gets half because whilst it's okay it's it's not we're not in the full thing yeah aesthetics yeah. yes we talked about it it's an absolutely beautiful book I, it was a pleasure to look through it Yes, it's very veggie friendly, I thought, yeah. even though there is meat and fish in there. But like Hannah said, there's no butter to be seen. It's all <laughs> olive oil, very little dairy apart from in the kind of savory pies section. Yeah. And I was very inspired. I was very excited about it. So that gets a point. Uh, I was very happy to have it in my life for the pod. So that is four and a half crushed garlic cloves from <laughs> me. I don't know what you're going to do with the extra half, but <laughs> we'll find a way. <laughs> Fine. It'll just come up in another recipe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, four and a half. That's I nice. know. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Exact same from me. Oh. Exact same. Oh, so we got two halves of a garlic clove. So we've got two halves. We've got nine garlic cloves. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, to your point, I think we're lucky, as we've said before, that we're in London. It's very easy for us to find a lot of mm. things like pomegranate molasses or amber or things like that. But it's not always the case. So I think it would be kind of remiss of us to assume that they're easy to get for everyone. But apart from that, I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah. And even though sometimes there's like blends or like recipes that he mentions that you should use as part of a kind of larger recipe at the back they've got condiment recipes where you can kind of make a lot of the sauces yourself and usually yeah. they're made up of things that we can find quite easily which i thought yeah. was quite good as well great Ooh. it's a hit it's a yes. hit thanks sammy and your time you've given us a lot of joy this past couple of weeks as we cook from it yes very 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 joyful loved it <laughs> Next. onwards yeah. So we are returning to France for our next book. But I'm being positive about this one because there's a lot of love for it in the world. And yeah. it is it's a woman. It's a woman. We yeah. love women. It's not a fancy pants French book. So it's French Provincial Cooking by Elizabeth David, mm. which came up on this uh the list, which were yeah, and mine's arrived and yeah, it's it's a bit more of there's a lot of prose. It's a bit yes. more prosy than a recipe book. It's a paperback. The one I've got is a paperback. I'm not going to say I'm excited because I haven't really looked at it and I don't I know how I feel about French food. But I feel hopeful that there's going to be some fun. I'm not going to be fucking around with some <laughs> stupid technique and it's going to just be like good, hearty food. Yeah, I have a bit of nostalgia for this one because I know my mum had some of her books and I feel like she's kind of of that era of like Elizabeth David, obviously, but like Sophie Grigson and like Claudia mm. Roden and people yeah. like that, this kind of wave of female chefs that changed things up a bit. So I'm excited to, I don't remember a lot about those books. So I'm quite excited to read it again. Mm. Yeah, I'm excited. So we'll see you for that. Quickly, before we go, I feel like we should mention that we're looking for suggestions for season two of the Cookbook Circle. Yeah. So we're only a few episodes away from the end of, of season one, and we've used the list that we've talked about a lot. But we want to hear your thoughts on, on a theme or books or an ingredient that you think that we should focus on for season two. So we can kind of craft that to, to see what you think. So please talk to us on Instagram, send us an email. Yes. all that good stuff yeah we've had some really good suggestions so far and it's interesting to kind of see themes even if people are just telling us books that they want mm. us to cover there's usually some kind of thread that's binding them together so we'd love to hear more because you're the ones who are listening to this so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's kind of on you you have to make your bed and lie in it all right <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's, that's it, it. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Cookbook Circle. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you've enjoyed it, please leave us a review as it helps others to find us. You can see how the recipes from this episode turned out on our Instagram, at Cookbook Circle. And if you make anything from the books we talk about, please don't forget to tag us. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees. Supercharging productivity for your developers. Providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more.